Hi, Veggie Mates. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matthew Davey, and this is episode 76 of the Veg Talk podcast. In today's episode, we chat with previous guests, Tony Okamoto from Plant Based on a Budget and Michelle Kane from World of Vegan. It has been just over a year since we spoke with them, and things have changed a lot in that short amount of time. Uh, they both bring us up to speed on additions to their families, raising plant-based babies, both human and canine. And you will also learn about their upcoming cookbook, The Friendly Vegan Cookbook. 2020 has been a challenging time for obvious reasons, and Tony and Michelle have had to navigate their way through many obstacles and hurdles to prepare this book for release. It was super fascinating to learn about all of this, and I hope you also enjoy the conversation. If you haven't already, I'd highly recommend listening to episodes 53 and 54 at some stage, whether it be before or after this one. In those conversations, I spoke with Tony and Michelle individually, so you will get the chance to learn more about them and their journey to how they got to where they are today. I'd like to thank everyone who has tuned into the show and also to those who have taken the time to leave a review, share an episode on social media, and subscribe to our YouTube channels. Now, let's get into it. I'll catch you all on the other side to wrap things up. All right, guys, welcome back to the Veg Talk podcast. We have two awesome humans, uh, previous guests separately on the, on the podcast. Last time we were in Sacramento, we have Tony Okamoto and Michelle Kane. Guys, welcome hey. back. Hi. Oh, nice to be back. It's funny because we recorded separately last time, but we were in the same space. So I, I was right. like, wait, separately? Weren't we all together? But we did do those separately. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Separate interviews, same space, lots of food, lots of snacks. It was, um, that was a good afternoon. I had a, I had a really good day. And, yeah, I, and you, we, we continued on. We partied all we night. Did. We, we did. did. And some of the food that you tried, we were actually recipe testing back in that stage for the book that is now in our hands, which is crazy. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. I remember cookies, are cookies in the book. There are cookies in the book. <laughs> yeah. I remember taste testing, a, I think a couple of different batches of cookies. So that was, that was a good day to arrive at your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Since then times have changed. We are, it's definitely unprecedented times. Everyone's navigating it the best they can it's it's been super weird so you guys being so close together and also you know business partners friends there's been events in your life that have been life-changing so i'd love to just hear about your own experiences during this time um normally everything would have been shared and you know, all those moments and occasions would have been shared, but how have you managed to, to navigate it and fill us in on what's happened since the last episode? Cause there's been some pretty awesome stuff happening. It has been crazy times. Tony and I both became mamas, <laughs> Tony to a dog and myself to a human. Um, so that was crazy before the pandemic, we were able to do everything. We live like 15 minutes away from each other, which is been so great because we work on projects together. We would record our podcast, the Plant Powered People podcast together. We were writing a book together and all the things. Um, and then the pandemic hit 
right after I had had a baby and while we were in the midst of our, our writing our book. Um, and suddenly we went from seeing each other like multiple times a week, at least to now it's been so many months and we can count on one hand the number of times we've actually seen each other in person, even though we talk every day and we catch up every day. Um, but it has been like such weird times and especially crazy times to be coming out with a book. This is Tony's third book, the, the Friendly Vegan Cookbook, and my first traditionally published book. And everything that we expected is like turn, turned on its head. Um, so with projects that we're working on and in life, my baby was born and Tony met him the first day that he was born. She was, she was one of the first people to, to meet him and has been such a big part of my life and his life and just with my family. And now to not be able to have her along my, alongside in person, seeing him grow up, he's eight months old now is just nuts. So it's crazy, crazy times. No, yeah. that's, a, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. Go ahead, Tony. I was just going to say it is. I was holding him at least once a week, but more like multiple times per week. And as Michelle mentioned, he was just a few hours old when I got to hold him for the first time. And I have really been with Michelle on this whole journey from when she first decided she wanted to get pregnant to the day he was born. And to now have this huge gap from when I last held him to, to now he's eight months, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Eight Today, months, actually. Uh, I can't, I can't believe it. It makes me so sad. But fortunately, Michelle is constantly updating me with photos of outfits that I've gotten him and he's so cute. So I do get to see him in photos and I have seen him through a window a couple times. Um, <laughs> they put their hands up to the window oh. and touch. It's so yes. sweet but heartbreaking. <laughs> and then as you mentioned, my life changed dramatically. I thought that I would never have any dependence. And during COVID, we fostered a dog. We, our, our shelter was going to shut down. They had 24 hours to get rid of 100 dogs. And we had already been chatting about fostering a dog. So when we got the call, I went there. It was really chaotic, very chaotic. And they were basically handing out dogs to anybody who could take them. And, and so we got super lucky with Eddie. He is a, he's an American bully, which is like a pit bull and he's super friendly. He's met cats and chickens and bunnies and he loves them all. He's really sweet, a great pit bull ambassador. And I have turned into one of those weird dog people. I wear a dog mask and a dog sweater and I hold my dog and I- Other day, I, Tony was at a store buying dog birthday hats. Oh yes. Okay. So I went to Dollar Tree store and I was wearing my dog mask that my mom, my mother-in-law bought me. It's, it looks just like my dog's face. And so I'm wearing my dog mask and I was planning my dog's birthday party. And I was buying a bunch of birthday stuff. And so the cashier was like, oh, are you celebrating someone's birthday? And I was like, um, mm-hmm, yep. Yep, my friend, <laughs> my friend's birthday. <laughs> but I was already so weird looking that I didn't want to, in addition to wearing my dog's face on my face, uh, say that I was also planning this big birthday party for all of his dog friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> well, 
I'm glad you're embracing motherhood, Tony. That's, uh, Thank you. that's good to see. Uh, it's nice to hear. Your dog also <laughs> looks like such a sweet, sweet pit bull. I, uh, I'm glad you guys took him on and uh, great name. I love the name, Eddie. Oh, thank you. And I can't wait till our puppies meet each other. Oh my God. Our puppy. Wow. She, <laughs> so she, cute. she is amazing. She's also been, yeah, just a pandemic pup. Honestly, like we got her around Christmas, like just before Christmas last year, but just to have her around during this time has been amazing. You got her around Christmas last year? Yeah. Jeez, I feel like it has been, I follow her on Instagram and I, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> and I feel like I know her. She's, she's a sweetie. Honestly, she's a really sweet dog. Loves people, loves dogs, just full of, full of happy energy. And um, yeah. It's awesome. one of awesome the, it's one of the few silver linings of the pandemic is now that so many people that used to leave their dogs at home and go to work are at home with their animals. Like the dogs are finally having their people with them all day, every day, which is obviously um, a dream. <laughs> and- I, yeah, I agree. I think our dog kind of looks at us some days and is like, uh, why are we, why are we just hanging out inside like why why aren't we on some adventure what's going on but she is enjoying it for sure matt what a big change from when we last saw you you were living in your van still just on your way up to you stayed at my place and drove straight up to portland where you were gonna house sit and then and look at you guys now you are settled have a dog that's so cool it's been a cool year it has been i think we left we left sacramento you guys were trying your best to to get us to move to Sacramento yes. and we we definitely had it like on the list we 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 weren't locked into to anywhere at that point we had a house sit in Los Angeles that fell through so we were meant to be there for 3 months that fell through and kind of sped everything up so i think we left Sacramento went i think just through like the southern oregon region um so i think mount shuster in california Crater Lake through some, uh, through some forest in Oregon. And then we had a house sit there that kind of fell into our laps for a month. And that let us settle, uh, find our feet, find an apartment in that month. Uh, we were looking after a couple of dogs. So that definitely kept us busy. And then, yeah, the, the, the next year, I wouldn't say it's gone to plan, like what year does go to plan, but uh, it certainly hasn't, you know, come it hasn't happened the way i thought it would but it's been an amazing time we love it here we've got a great community of friends i love the outdoors i'm getting out running a lot in our local i think we have the largest urban park in america forest park and um yeah anna's been getting into running and she's also got a new job to add to the many things she's already doing she's loving it there great people great company and yeah we're we're super happy here so pretty grateful for the good things that are going on in our life and we're trying to remind ourselves every day of just uh yeah the you know those small reminders of of the good things that we we do have and and the yeah how fortunate we we really are speaking of anna i really want to give her a big shout out because she is the reason i had stayed active uh her videos on youtube at veg life on youtube go subscribe uh 
they really kept me moving. And I love how on days where I'm really tired, I can do a 13 minute video or I can do a longer 40 minute video. And she definitely got me active and made me feel really good. So stoked to hear that. I'll tell her because, you know, no word of a lie. Like she, so she was, she was teaching at a studio here and she just didn't feel comfortable going into that studio once the pandemic really started to, to hit. Uh, she had to call up and voluntarily remove herself from teaching before they even closed the doors. So um, when that happened, I've been working part-time also at an outdoor store here in Portland. I, I got furloughed uh, because of the pandemic. They closed and we woke up on a Monday morning after we'd both decided, or I didn't get, I didn't decide, but I was told not to come into work and she decided not to go uh, that Monday. Super impressive. Just wakes up and looks at me and says, you know, I've been thinking about this for quite a while and I've really wanted to do this, but I'm going to do it and started recording that morning. And she was just like, if people are going to be at home and you know, gyms are closed, people go stay active and I, I want to help them do that. I've got to stay active. So what better way to do it than, you know, record and, and help people out. So I'm stoked to, to hear that you've been getting in on the, on the activities. It's been nice to, to hear the feedback. It's been really positive. Yeah. They're so fun to watch. I just am like, I can't say I've been getting very active lately, although I need <laughs> to tune in. It's always on my list, but uh, I guess picking the baby up and down and up and down and up and down 5,000 times <laughs> something. Hey, but they're so fun to watch. <laughs> she's, I think she's made for it. She's, uh, yeah. she used to, she used to, uh, she used to do cheerleading. So she's grown up doing that and she's definitely bringing, I think some of that cheerleading energy to the workouts and yeah, it pr it's, it's amazing to watch and I've done a few myself. They're, they're not, they're not easy. Like if you see low impact in the title, you might think, Oh, low impact. Like this should be, you know, easy on the joints. I reckon I can get it done and it's a killer workout. So uh, don't get full. Be in for a sweat sesh if you're gonna if you're Definitely. gonna get into one. Yeah, no, they're a lot of fun. I was also gonna ask you, Michelle. With it's it's kind of hard to believe. I know that I know people that could be, you know, nearly my grandmother, and she had probably yeah between my mother's age and um, what someone that could be uh, a little bit older, but. She had a, a baby probably in the early 80s and got a lot of backlash that she was plant-based and she was going to feed her, her baby plant-based. And I just wanted to just hear a little bit about your experience being a plant-based person, having uh, a baby and bringing a baby into the world and then deciding what to to give that baby to eat like have you have you had any backlash have you done any research or have you just been so confident in the research that we do have access to that um you know a plant-based lifestyle is good at all stages all stages of the life cycle including pregnancy uh, and childbirth yes that's a great question and definitely something that i was anticipating getting asked a lot. I felt really confident stepping into being a parent and that I wanted to raise Graham plant-based and 
no part of me based on all of my research over the last 13 years gave me any hesitation. I think it's like the absolute healthiest way that I can feed him. Um, but I was anticipating a lot of pushback from say his pediatrician or other people or family members who might be concerned and might not have done that research. And it's been really cool to see that not happen. At least in my experience, we didn't go out and look for a pediatrician that was plant-based or anything like that, or a vegan even. Um, but our pediatrician is, is younger and definitely, uh, anyway, he was like, yeah, I've had, I've had a lot of parents that are vegan and I came one thinking he'd be concerned, but he was like, I'm not concerned at all. Usually I have less to worry about with those families because they tend to be a little bit more cognizant about nutrition and like considerate about making sure that their kids are getting everything that they need, which I thought was really cool. And he said, and absolutely your kid can get everything that he needs to grow and be healthy on a vegetarian and vegan diet. He gave us like a little booklet about things to pay attention to, but I'm really excited. And now that he's getting to the point where he's eating foods, it's been really fun. And I cannot imagine it the other way, like feeding meat or dairy to him right, right now. Well, you're not even supposed to feed your kids dairy yet, but feeding meat to him right now, I cannot imagine it right now. I'm taking things like lentils and vegetables, kale, peas, avocado. I mean, all of these whole foods that grow from the, the earth and steaming them and blending them. However, I'm feeding it to him. It just feels so natural. And to take meat and to try and cleanse it enough to feel comfortable feeding that to your kid, I just can't even imagine <laughs> right now. So it's actually, I'd say, a lot easier. You don't have to worry about a lot of the risks, not to mention the other bad stuff that can find its way into meat. Um, so that's all been really easy. And from other people, I mean, maybe this is because we're in pandemic time. So we're not really seeing a lot of other people. There's not a ton of social situations, but I am in some mom groups and it's been fun with that too, because in my mom groups, I'm the only vegan. We're the only like vegan family. But, um, since then there's been mamas that are like asking about it or thinking about it or are wanting to go vegan and are kind of getting curious about feeding their kids that way. And, it's a really exciting time. We're now finally in the medical field and the research and everything. When you really dig into it, you see this is the healthful, this is a really healthful way to raise your kids. Um, that's not to say that there's not a lot of pediatricians and doctors out there and people who are um, not up on the latest research and may not have much knowledge about nutrition and for that reason may be a little bit skeptical about whether it's the best thing or I don't know, be be worried, <laughs> instill fear in those parents. Um, but it is changing. And I don't, th I think that what's there right now will soon, it, that's going to fade out of our society. It's we're moving in a direction of the more plants, the more vegetables, the more fruits, the more whole grains that we can feed ourselves and our kids, the better. That's awesome. It's cool to hear yeah. that the at least the, you know, your immediate community has been open to it. Um, that's, that's really good to hear. And, you know, as always, you're leading by example and it sounds like it's working. So that's really cool. Just hearing what you, you know, feed your baby. It's like, well, yeah, that makes heaps of sense. Like why would there be objections? Right. You know, healthy, whole food, plant-based from the ground. What a great way to start your life. 
Yeah. Then, and yeah. what's, what's the alternatives like chicken nuggets or like, I don't, it just, you start getting more and more processed as you step away from that. And it, it really does make so much sense. Like we made sweet potatoes today for the whole family. We all ate sweet potatoes and then, you know, they, I could just smush some up for Graham and he enjoyed that too. So he can be eating what we're eating a lot of the times, as long as there's not salt and oil or sugar or anything of that in it. And so that's been really, really fun as well. He'll probably have a pretty mature palate by the time he's uh, a toddler. Yes, that is the fascinating thing too. I've followed a lot of vegan parents lately, or even just just parents in general, to see what they're how they're leading by example for their kids. And it's one of the things that has been scary for me because my Dan and I, hubby and I, are not the most health food vegans on the planet. Like we love a good cupcake, cake, cookies, all the things. Um, but I, seeing some moms, like one who comes to not, to mind, her Instagram is Meg Unprocessed, and she just cooks so much from scratch. And the things that she'll feed her kid. He loves it all. He'll like go to the freezer and get like frozen cauliflower and start munching on it or like have the smoothies that I would be like, that's a little too green for me. And he loves it. So it really is kids pick up on that and their palates learn to love what they've been fed as they're growing up. So setting those good examples is the greatest gift that you can give kids. I think. (laughs) That's awesome. And then Tony, your motherhood have you experimented with, with vegan dogs or looked into vegan dogs? What's the, what's the go with little Eddie? Well, Eddie is what we call a freaking. What we buy at our house is vegan for him. Uh, so we have um, wild earth is his preferred food. But when he's playing, he has a very rich social life. If you follow him on Instagram, you know that he has a lot of friends. He's able to eat whatever treats that they give him. And whenever he goes to my family's house, uh, I don't monitor it too much. But he is becoming more of a picky eater. The older he gets, when we got him, he would eat anything. And now he's like, let me smell that. Let me lick it first. <laughs> let me see. Uh, no, thank you. And so uh, sometimes I am just eat, eat anything. You want this cupcake? Eat that. I just said that he's getting some calories. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's a good way to go about it. We're kind of the same with Indy. You know, if, if we go to the vet or we go to, um, mud bay down the road, if she's getting, you know, a new toy or something, or if we're just catching up with friends, we're definitely not going to stop her from getting a, whatever treat they're going to give her but yeah same at home we give her all the veggie scraps um she's a v-dog girl she loves the v-dog <laughs> same with chance um, yeah it's wild like she will she will navigate her way around the dog bowl and make sure she gets every like nugget of v-dog pretty much first and she'll leave the kale stems till last <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been interesting. I think on social media uh, being, I suppose, especially Anna having a following and, and talking about feeding dogs, um, you know, a mostly uh, vegan diet or a plant-based diet, there is some backlash um, from, from people. So um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting in that, um, in that part of it, but we just, we go to the vet and we get checked up quite regularly and 
just seeing her with so much energy and yeah, just being healthy and happy, it, it really doesn't look like it's causing, it's the opposite of harm. She's just absolutely full of energy. Yes. I don't usually talk about Eddie's diet because I feel like as a dog who eats both a primarily vegan diet, but then also eats meat. There's really mm-hmm. no winning. Uh, someone's going to be mad at me by what I'm feeding him. Uh, either I'm feeding him too much meat or not enough, uh, or not enough. And so I just usually just don't talk about it because there's enough to be criticized about. Right, it's probably not a bad way to go. But yeah, it, that that has been um, super interesting to kind of just you know hear di- people's different perspectives and. Um, trying to keep it i suppose tame and i suppose learning as well from other people because i won't claim to know everything about uh canine diets because i i certainly don't i would say that oh sorry go on i was just gonna say my dog has been vegan for 13 years primarily on v-dog super healthy he's older than most dogs even live to be at his age and he's so or I guess most dogs of his type don't even live to be as old as he is and he's doing great. So one little testimonial gives positive us, there. <laughs> gives, us, gives us plenty of confidence yeah. for yes. sure. And Eddie is about probably 80% plant-based and 20% not plant-based. And his coat is beautiful. He's super active and just, I believe is thriving. Can't wait to meet him. Can't wait to meet Eddie and your little boy, Michelle. So with, um, you know, with the pandemic, I imagine you guys releasing a cookbook might've, might've had some curveballs in there. It might not have all gone to plan or has it, has it been a smooth kind of process? How's, how has that gone? It has been a ride <laughs> throughout this book. It's been a ride. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of things that impacted how we went about writing our book. One was having a baby, then, you know, the, life is crazy. Then the pandemic hit, but you know what we've been, it's just changed it. And I feel like it's made our book almost better and stronger for it. Um, and now like our book is coming out the friendly vegan cookbook it's i'll show for those watching here it is the friendly vegan cookbook we just got it in our hands this past weekend so for the first time we're able to hold it in our hands which is crazy and it comes out in october and um we would normally be going on a book tour and doing media segments and flying for different tv segments tony did that a ton for her past book plant based on a budget and that was fully in the plans and pretty much all of that is canceled, not canceled, but it's very different. So now TV segments are oftentimes shot at home. So Tony was just recording today, a bunch of video, like cooking videos, showing how to cook some of the recipes from the friendly vegan cookbook that she'll send to TV, say to TV producers to air. Is that how it works, Tony? Yes. (laughs) Um, And we're doing a lot of like live virtual demos that people can tune in to in their pajamas at home (laughs) rather than doing in-person live events. So we've actually been able to reach a lot more people virtually in a free access way and really connect with our audience differently than we would have otherwise if we weren't thinking outside the box. Um, So it's been fun getting creative and focusing more on, um, on just a different type of connecting with people and helping share vegan food. 
uh, to add to what Michelle said, it there's a there's a lot that went into the title, the friendly vegan, and one big part of it is my friendship with Michelle, and it makes me so grateful to have someone who is dependable and responsible and very dedicated and compassionate and and patient uh, as we navigate all of these hardships of life. There are so many things that happened from when we started writing to when where we are right now and to tumble through it with someone has made it a huge difference at difference. As Michelle mentioned, this is my third one. And it's also my favorite, despite all of the obstacles that, that we went through. Uh, this has been the most enjoyable experience for me because I had a strong friend in Michelle. That's awesome. I mean, the, the fact that we are all forced to change it up now, you know, all companies, all entrepreneurs, all families, you know, everything's different. I mean, I talk to my auntie every now and again, and her, her partner and her two boys who one's in university and one's in like year 11, all at home under the same roof, you know, it's putting new pressures on everyone and we have to figure it all out. So uh, your guys friendship is one that is incredible and it's so good to hear that you've been able to lean on each other and just bounce off each other to, to make it a success. And more more on the title i'd like to dig just a little bit more um with the friendly vegan cookbook i suppose we we probably all need like just to check in with ourselves every now and again as plant-based people and as vegans to make sure that we're extending compassion not only to animals but also to our fellow humans (laughs) because unfortunately we might be extending a lot of compassion to animals but we forget sometimes that you know we need to also take care of the people that aren't currently eating a plant-based diet, aren't eating a vegan diet and to welcome them into our circle or the dinner table or whatever it might be uh, to give them the best opportunity to give it a go at the very least. So did that come into it at all in terms of the, the title? I'm kind of asking a reverse question almost and giving all the, the details before, but did that come did that come into it definitely definitely michelle and i have been working on plant-based advocacy vegan advocacy uh, our whole adult lives and we've we've done it all we've tried every approach and this is one that we've seen that has maintained positivity and the most success in getting our friends and family to be interested in plant-based eating so being friendly sharing good food that is that is not making it that as though they're sacrificing anything uh, has just been wonderful and successful in our own families. And then also another thing is we both, well, I guess mostly on plant-based on a budget. I work with a lot of people who are interested in plant-based eating. And another part of a friendly approach is being kind to yourself, being great, grace, graceful when you accidentally or on purpose mess up and continuing on the plant-based journey regardless of that hiccup and just being friendly and kind to yourself is is part of that message as well i love it yeah i don't think it's something that we need to be you know we don't have to have the perfectionist mindset when when trying to do something new 
if, if we're trying to do something new, we're going to make mistakes. Uh, veganism is no different. Um, so yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. There's a lot of thought into, into a title that maybe on face value seems quite simple, but really uh, there's a lot of, a lot of thought that, that goes into that with, you know, with both of you, you have your own work separately. So is this like a, a mix of, of the two of your personalities, the two of your work, you know, are the hundred recipes in there, are they a combination of, of what you guys both bring to the table? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been one of my favorite things about working with Tony is we align so much on our work. So while we have different, Tony runs plant-based on a budget, I run world to vegan, and we do work with very different types of people and audiences looking to our content, but our philosophies are so similar and we both try to bring such a friendliness and a warmth and a just lead by positive example to our projects. And this has been so fun to create together. Yes. Uh, to, to add to what Michelle was saying, we, we both brought our families tested tried and true recipes that we veganized so that is the foundation of our book but also we brought in tested recipes from our friends like Colleen Patrick Goudreau and uh, chef Chloe Coscarelli uh, to provide their best too we knew that there were recipes that were out there that were already tested a million times to be perfect and we brought our friends in to join join us on this adventure which is really cool to add to the friendly vegan tony and i each basically developed about half the recipes and it was a really fun process so i would start we initially figured out all the recipes that we thought we wanted to create in the ultimate vegan cookbook and then picked the ones that we were both excited each one of us was excited to develop and then when I'd create one in my kitchen, when I'd finally get to the point where I was like, I love it. It's perfect. I'd send it to Tony and then Tony would test it in her kitchen. She would make it. She might make some tweaks or be like, Hey, can we do this or this? Then it'd go back to my kitchen. And once we both loved it, then it went over to our nearly 100 recipe testers, um, to make sure that everybody loves it. And so it was a really fun collaborative process. And, um, we have very similar interests in food and love of food. We both love soup. We love comfort food. We, we love like those traditional Thanksgiving dishes that we want to be able to bring to our family dinner and not even think twice about, not have anyone even think twice about it being vegan because it looks the same. It tastes the same. It just happens to be made from plants instead of animals. Um, so it was really, really fun being able to go through that very long process together when Tony was talking about how she wrote books alone and then together. I cannot imagine writing an entire cookbook of a hundred plus recipes alone. <laughs> that process is so hard. So it brought a lot of joy and fun in the kitchen to it. And then it also just gave us like the double knowing that this isn't just like loved and approved by one taste palette. It's both of ours fusing together and then also bringing other people into the mix to make sure we're creating something that's really going to be um, familiar and loved by all. And, and the special part of the recipe testing process is that we made sure that it was a very diverse group of people, one, with people who've never cooked, with experienced chefs, with young kids, with you name it. There, there, was, there were big differences between all of our recipe testers, and most of them were non-vegetarian. So to get their stamp of approval was extra special. 
That's super important. I think that people, you know, whether it is plant-based on a budget or the friendly vegan cookbook, a lot of new vegans are going to be trying these recipes out. So to get that kind of stamp of approval is super important because the new vegans, they need tasty food, right? To continue at least giving it a go and, and staying on the journey and, and sticking with it. If, if we're, if we're, if we're giving them food that doesn't taste any good, they're not going to, they're not going to hang around. Also, Michelle mentioned uh, that, that, we both love soup and it made me so happy that I've shared soup with you and Anna before. When you guys stayed at my house, I made them tofu noodle soup and I didn't did. even have any furniture at that point. So we ate in my backyard. <laughs> no, it, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful night as well. The weather in Sacramento at nighttime is, and I think, you know, it was probably towards the end of summer. So it just rem- it reminded us of Anna's hometown in Mexico where, where at night it cools right down. Um, it was, yeah, that was a, that was a lot of fun that night. And also, I don't know if we told you this, but when we got, uh, settled in our apartment in Portland, the first thing I wanted to get was an instant pot because you sold the instant pot so very well to us, Tony, uh, that I, yeah, I had to get one. So we went on to offer up and got one secondhand. Nice. And do you love it or? I, I love it. I use it more than Anna. I, um, yeah, I love the thing. Beans, potatoes, rice, uh, steamed beetroots in it. Uh, we've done, I think we've done like soups and chilies. Um, I could probably ex- expand a little bit, but <laughs> lentils, chickpeas, you know, all those types of things, all the dry food. And yeah, couldn't live without it. I love that you can just kind of set it, forget it, do some other stuff. And then you've got like, and it's quick, obviously, like when we're talking about dried, uh, you know, dried lentils, dried chickpeas, brown rice from scratch. It's like half the time usually. So yeah. That, that makes me really happy. Yeah. Love, happy. love having that in the house. That's probably the thing I use the most, honestly. Um, yeah. Besides the fry pan is the, is the instant pot. I have lentils in my Instant Pot right now. They take 10 minutes to cook for anyone wondering. And it doubles as food for my fam and food for the bebe. <laughs> yeah. And so we'll feed it to our dog as well. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I should give Chance some. He, yep. he doesn't get nearly enough human, not human food, I guess. Yeah. Of our family's food. He usually eats dog food plus treats and then little scraps off the table. But Tony has inspired me to completely change my thinking. Now that he's an old man and he's 15, I'm like, this man has to live. (laughs) So I'm going to start feeding him more of what we're eating at the table, I think. Yes. When when Chance came to my house, I was um, sorry, Michelle. I was like, oh, you want some pizza? Okay, here's some pizza. You want some burrito? Here's some burrito. <laughs> Living the dream. What's Eddie's favorite vegetable or fruit? Eddie does not like fruit, but he does like... <laughs> I'm trying to think of a vegetable he likes. He's such a picky eater now. He mostly Carrots? likes... Nope. Oh. He, he mostly likes things that I want to eat. So if I want to eat um a tortilla with hummus he wants to eat a tortilla with hummus yeah if i want to eat a piece of pizza he wants to eat a piece of pizza so it's those types of food that he mostly enjoys seafood eat food yes yeah yeah tony took a video the other day of 
she made like herself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and was like, this half is mine and this half is for Eddie. So she only got half a lunch. He loves peanut butter sandwiches. Oh, nice. Who doesn't? Peanut butter, jelly. I don't know if he has the jelly, but. Did you have those in Australia? Did you eat peanut butter and jelly? So we don't call, we don't call it jelly. We call it jam. Oh, jam. So I th- it was, it was somewhat a thing. I did have a, I had an American friend growing up when I was probably in like year five or year six. Um, and I probably learned peanut butter jelly from, from their family. Uh, we thought it was super weird. I remember thinking that was really <laughs> strange to, to put together, but I, you know, it's hard not to like that. I, I love a PB and J. I remember I was uh, traveling up. I was, a lot more wild in my younger years. Now I'm super paranoid and I'm afraid of everything. But when I was younger, I was driving up to Seattle and so, and I didn't have a lot of money. So I went on to Craigslist rideshare and got two people up in, in my car. One was from Mexico and the other one was from London. And I stopped at a Winco to up, up on our trip. Uh, and I got this stuff to make peanut butter and jelly. And he was like, that is what I don't understand what I don't. And I was like, no, it's a thing. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And he had never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I made it for him and I watched him eat his first PBJ. And he enjoyed it. He thought it was okay. He thought I had a like probably really um, was too enthusiastic, but I, I felt a sense of pride watching him eat this magnificent peanut butter and jelly. Tony, Hello? you introduced me to ants on a log. I had yeah. never eaten that before. And when we made it for the plant-based on a budget meal plans, and then I was snacking on them, I was like, this is really good. It's, it's celery with peanut butter with raisins on it, which is like, I guess everyone knows about it and has had it except for me. But I was like, this is going to be so nasty. And it's actually really good. <laughs> Anna, Anna thinks I'm really weird because I love, I love celery and peanut butter for a snack. Yum. And she's like, who eats celery for snacks? Who chooses <laughs> that? Like, why would you do that? All this talking of food kind of makes me a little bit curious to, to know what recipes are in the book. Have you got a favorite one recipe that you can share with us that we can look forward to seeing? Yeah. One of our favorites is a fettuccine Alfredo. It's just such a dish that you don't think you can veganize. I know when I was growing up, I used to love ordering fettuccine Alfredo at restaurants. And when I went vegan, I was just like, all right, that's off the table. I'll never eat that again. Um, And then, you know, you start to see options come up made with cauliflower or cashews or whatever, but we created a recipe for fettuccine alfredo that is pretty mind-blowing it's made from almonds instead of dairy there's no butter there's no heavy cream in there so it's actually pretty healthy and it is so good it's such a great comfort meal and it's great for serving too once we can convene reconvene around a table with friends and family again it's an awesome dish to share totally i love that I agree. I didn't think I'd be eating the creamy pastas ever again. And to to find out it's possible, it's also a bit lighter on the stomach. It is. It's actually healthy when you put all the ingredients together. You're like, well, I didn't actually put anything unhealthy in this dish. It tastes like it should be unhealthy, but it's so mind-blowingly creamy. And yeah, I I, 
I love those dishes. So I'm looking forward to whipping that up. Tony, have you got one? I'm a big fan of our ramen. Michelle and I have shared many special moments over uh, noodle soups whenever we celebrated something or whenever we were sad and hurting for some reason, we would share noodle soups. And that was our thing. And when we, uh, when we started recipe testing, I knew that we needed a ramen dish to celebrate our friendship. And I think, I'm actually, I'm positive that we nailed it. It's a creamy ramen. You use fresh ramen noodles and the broth is really rich. So that one's my favorite. We just made ramen the other night. I don't think Anna and I had made a ramen before together. And we were at a Winko, one of our go-to supermarkets here. And yeah, we were walking through an aisle and I saw all those, like the old, you know, the instant noodle packets that are like 25 cents each. And I just gravitated towards them. I, I haven't bought that in a very long time. I don't think since I was in maybe universities, did I, have I bought the you know, those instant noodle packages. And I'm like, we're going to make ramen. So let's go home and make ramen. And we did a pretty good job, but it wasn't a creamy one. I'd like to try a, I'd like to try a creamy ramen recipe. Well, this one is a little bit more elaborate than instant ramen, but I do appreciate instant ramen. I, that was my grand. Okay. So I, I grew up with my grandma and I remember, well, looking back on it, I think that this is probably a little bit insane of her, but she didn't want me to keep asking her how to make my ramen or to make my ramen for me. So when I was five years old, she showed me how to make ramen on the stove and I would make my own ramen. And so that was the first thing I learned how to cook and I ate it pretty consistently. So it also has this sense of comfort for me. It reminds me of my grandma and my childhood. Plant-based in a budget was in that was in your future <laughs> and sense a meal <laughs> yep. you know the only thing that can undercut our meal plans is people eating ramen every day because we can't be 10 cents a meal and my grandma really learned how to use those noodles she would make stir fries and she would crunch them up and put them on salads she really really used those 10 cents 10 cent ramens to the max they're not bad. I mean, the noodles themselves are just kind of like wheat and, you know, some other maybe questionable ingredients, but like <laughs> they're pretty, they're pretty basic. We didn't use the packaging, like the, the flavoring. We made our own broth and then we just added the noodles. So have you got a tip for like fresh ramen? I can't say I've seen it in like a Winko or a, a Fred Myers. Maybe I haven't been looking hard enough, but have you got a tip on where to get uh, fresh ramen? We live, uh, my husband and I live next to a Chinese slash Vietnamese market and they have every noodle imaginable. It is uh, amazing. And a lot of them, unless they specifically say egg noodles are vegan. So if you go to the refrigerated section, make sure you check the ingredients and likely most of them will be plant-based noodles. Yeah. And even a lot of grocery Spain's more mainstream grocery stores are starting to carry them now. Um, and that just like fresh noodle section, sometimes by tofu where you'll see ramen noodles and Tony completely blew my mind when she, cause I also grew up eating packaged ramen, uh, ramen noodles. And so I had just never expected anything different when I made them at home, but it completely transforms the experience when 
you're making your own broth and then you use fresh noodles. Oh, so good. Yeah, agreed. It's a great dish. Soups are good. Soups are kind of, you know, homey, warming. Um, we're getting into winter. So I don't know if you guys even get, can you say you have winter in Sacramento? I'm not sure what it's like. Uh, 50 degrees is winter, Matt. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Okay. So you, you guys have pretty much got a, a perpetual summer over there. <laughs> but we're definitely getting into like chili and soup season where, you know, the, the, the temperature is starting to drop slightly. Um, well, it's been, it's been good to hear about it. I'm really looking forward to, to the release. When will we, will we be able to get our hands on it? Where, we, where can we get our hands on it? And um, yeah, any other details about the book that you can, you can tell us? The Friendly Vegan Cookbook is coming out on October 27th, um, right before Halloween. And you can, it's available for pre-order now if you want to get your paws on it. The very first one to get your paws on it, you can head over to friendlyvegancookbook.com. And we've got some fun pre-order bonuses and other cool things for you there. And all the information about, about our book and beyond is right there, friendlyvegancookbook.com. Beautiful. Any tips that you've kind of, because I know you guys are kind of the master of going to the supermarket and, you know, coming out without buying everything under the sun. You know, you stick to your lists and make sure you're shopping in the bulk bins as much as possible. Has there been any, any new things that you've managed to, to learn in this process of making a new cookbook? Well, I would say mine is more about more shaped by the pandemic, but I am now just planting my, my winter garden and growing my own food. You could, you could grow your basil on your windowsill. You can do a small container garden on your balcony. You don't have to have a big backyard, but it has been um, a really special experience to know my food and to understand how it was made and to harvest my seeds to replant later. And if you have the time, I understand that that's a privilege, but uh, my connection with my food has become really close and I appreciate that. Amazing. What have you been, what have you been growing over the summer? I grew zucchini and a lot of different types of peppers, habanero, bell pepper, poblano, jalapeno. And I also have been understanding the importance of bringing pollinators into my yard. So I've planted a lot of flowers and I just put them in little containers that I bought from Amazon. And it, it really, really is magnificent to see pollinators doing their thing in the garden. Um, I, it's yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. You'll, um, what's your boy's name, Michelle? Is it Graham? Yeah. Graham. When this is all over, you'll have to take Graham into Tony's garden. Cause I think he'll, he'll love that. Yes. And I'm really going to need Tony's garden. Cause I started trying to plant tomatoes this year and I have like seven different pots of tomatoes. Try to, I tried to container grow them and I just got my first tomato turning red but out of <laughs> months and months of watering every day and tender loving care for these plants I now have two green and one red tomato out of my five plants and that, <laughs> makes like, me, 
That makes me so sad too, because I, my tomato garden has been ripped out for like weeks now because tomato season has passed and it makes me so sad it's that passed. you're barely getting your first tomato. I know. I'm going to try beds next year, but needless to say, I'm really grateful that hopefully Graham can learn his green thumb from Auntie Tony. <laughs> and me dirt. too. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's cool. And any, any recommendations for new moms, Michelle, on, you know, just on, I don't know, tasty food for kids, making food, like what's been fun and what have you experimented with uh with Graham's food I would say keep it simple it doesn't have to be complicated a lot of times like if we it doesn't take a lot of time we have one of those little it's a steamer and food processor in one that you can get to make your own baby food and of course you can buy pre-made baby food or they have all these services where you can get like organic frozen stuff that you just kind of could can quickly pull together, but making your own is not hard. It's just like maybe five minutes of effort before you sit down to eat with your kid, take whatever veggies are in your fridge, in your freezer. Um, you can pretty quickly and easily learn about what's right for them at what age. Um, and yeah, I would say just be confident in what you want. Cause everyone has an opinion. Everyone has an opinion on what you should be doing for your kids. Uh, but that does not mean that they are right and they're your children. So <laughs> tune into what you feel is right. Do your research. And there's a lot of great tools out there. There's some uh, Facebook group called Vegan Pregnancy and Parenting. And there's, I think, more than 15,000 vegan parents in that group. So if you're struggling and you need support and need tips or help, there's a lot of other people there that can help you. Fantastic. Thank you. Well, I hope... That uh, if 2020 doesn't bring us all together again, I hope 2021 does. Uh, we miss Tony in Portland, unfortunately. I think you were you were out somewhere near the gorge. I think um, that was doing a so doing an beautiful. event. It looked amazing. You, I, I think I had work or something like really early the next morning, and you know, I we we regret it. We probably should have just gone, and and I should have copped a, a tired day the next day, but. Um, I do hope we can catch up again. Uh, we, yeah, we definitely, I think we thought we would have seen each other all uh, uh, by now, but um, what can we expect from, from you guys? You know, we'll keep it, we'll keep it simple, just short term. What can we expect uh, for the rest of 2020? A lot of the friendly vegan cookbook, Michelle, you want to hold it up one more time? We're yeah. so excited. We just got our book. So that's why we're. It's a great uh, cover. It's, a, <laughs> it's an awesome cover. I love it. So we're, we're going we're gonna to hopefully find creative ways to promote the Friendly Vegan Cookbook while we're in the pandemic. And we're so appreciative for you to bring us on and share with your audience. Anytime. You guys are welcome on the show whenever you want. Just um, send us an email. I'm happy to chat. Uh, but it's been awesome to learn about it. It's been really cool to just honestly have a conversation with you guys. and. Um, to see your faces and yeah, it's great. I'm gr I'm really glad to, to hear everything's going well, uh, despite the, you know, the crazy times that we're living in right now. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show guys and everyone at home. Don't forget to check these guys out on Instagram. You can find Michelle at vegan 
Uh, also at World of Vegan, is that also another handle? Not super active there, but for any vegan content, just at vegan. And if anyone wants vegan parenting content, you can follow me personally. And I post a lot of that there just at Michelle Kane, Beautiful. And then Tony at plant-based on a budget and yeah, both fantastic resources, both fantastic human beings behind the resources. Guys, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the catch-up we had with these two awesome women. Tony and Michelle are such positive role models in the vegan movement. It's always great to hear from them. If you'd like to get their new cookbook for yourself or as a gift for someone else, I'd highly recommend pre-ordering it through their website. Head to plantbasedmealplan.com cookbook. And if you'd like to have a flick through their other resources, please head over to plantbasedonabudget.com and also worldofvegan.com. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Next week, we will have our first ever guest back on the show after almost two years, Pat McCauley. He's been an extremely busy human in the restaurant world and is about to take Boston by storm. Please subscribe and review the show if you get the chance. We greatly appreciate your support. See you all next week for another episode of the Veg Talk podcast.